Well, hello and welcome to Church of the Beloved. As always, uh, it's an honor for you guys to join us here today. Uh, today's service is going to look a little different. I'm actually going to share the word first, um, and then we're going to have an extended time of prayer and worship together. So I hope you guys are excited about that. Um, but first, I know what it's like coming on Sunday after a long week. Oftentimes we're carrying a lot of distractions, even burdens with us. Uh, and so if you guys are comfortable, even you here with me, if you could close your eyes, we're going to come to the Lord first in prayer. It's whatever it is, if, if you do have things on your mind um, that are burdening you or heavy on your heart, if you could lay it at the Lord's feet. If you could just ready your spirit for a chance to interact with the Almighty God who would very much want to see you today. And so God, we give this service up to you. It is our offering to you, Lord. May you be pleased with it as you meet us and you transform us and you lead us deeper. Lead us deeper and deeper into your grace and into your love. We thank you, Father, for this always. And in your holy name, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Today is the final week of our three weeks, uh, three week series looking at the farewell of Jesus. Today we are on John chapter 17 in verse 20. Uh, it's the prayer of Jesus as he prepares to leave his disciples. I'll read it for us today. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, they may be brought also to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me, and I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Did you guys know that before Jesus died, that he thought of you, that he thought of his future disciples, that before Jesus died, he prayed for you? And he prayed for his future church. And his prayer was simple. That we would be one like he and the Father are one. And I think it's interesting that I've, it seems like what's going to unite them is not their common theology or common beliefs. That's what we often think as a church. We have to have singular beliefs. But the church isn't a place for only one way of thinking. right? It's called a cult. And it isn't because of common, even like culture or race, you know, similar interests. I don't think the church is a place for just one race or one culture, right? That's called Wheaton College. 
No, I'm just kidding. Just play. And there's like one other black person I saw. Anyways, um, the point is that something else should unite the church. And I love it. I always, you know, I like to look up the words that Christ used and see where else it's in the Bible. So that word unity, I looked it up. And Paul uses it too in Colossians 3. You know what he says? He says this. He says, above all else, he's writing to the church in Colossae, 3 verse 14. He says, above everything else, you guys should put on love. He says, put on love. Why? It's the perfect bond of unity. And so that's what unites the church. It's not common theology, common culture. It's a commitment of love to one another. Someone asked me recently why I've stayed at Beloved for so long. You know, my whole adult life has been at this church, which is weird to think about and say. Uh, I've been here for eight years. Um, five years on staff. I had a one-year sabbatical in Seattle. We don't talk about that, but almost nine years straight I've been at this church. And they said, you know, we know what's happened at your church. We know what's happened even with you personally here. Why have you stayed for so long? Why are you still here? My answer is probably the same as many of you guys. I was like, it's the community. Like I thought back recently uh, to the first small group I went to after I came back from Seattle. And I was back for like two weeks and somebody from staff called me and they were like, hey, welcome back. Uh, do you want to lead a small group? And I was like, my bags are like still unpacked, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's the beloved way. I was like, I, I, sure, what, what, could, what could go wrong, right? And so I stepped up to lead a small group. I was 23 years old leading a small group of a bunch of 22-year-olds, right? We had no jobs, no money, no friends, right? which, which actually kind of helped us because we were like, we'll be friends together. And it was a very colorful group from what I remember. Like we had Asian people, black people, white people, homeschoolers. Like we had all kinds of different races there, you know. And I was like, we, we just learned how to love one another. We would go to small group an hour early and eat together. We would then pray, worship, and share together for two hours. We would literally stay for an hour and a half afterwards playing ridiculous games, right? And then inevitably somebody would be like, I'm hungry. Y'all want to go to McDonald's, right? And by somebody I mean, I would say, y'all hungry, y'all trying to go to McDonald's, and we would go to McDonald's. Right? And that's what we would do for the entire small group night. And the crazy part is the next day we would work or we would look for work, right? And then we would do it all over again. And we weren't a perfect community, right? Like, we could have been more intentional if we had prayed as often as we went to McDonald's, we probably like, would be in heaven by now. But um, we weren't perfect, but that's kind of the first place I learned that a church, like, the church isn't um, simply better when it's done with other people. That's what I wrote. But that a church must be done with other people. There's actually no other way to do church than to be united together as one. I've often used Peter as an analogy for the modern church throughout this series, right? So Peter was the one that, like us, he tried in his own competence to live up to the command of Christ to love people, and he failed, of course, like we often do in our own competence. 
And so Peter had to be transformed by the Spirit of God. That was the only way he became the man that God called him to do. And in the same way, I said last week, right, the church, we need to be transformed by the Spirit of God. But think about this. When did the Holy Spirit come in this new way on Peter? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't when he was in his uh, prayer closet. It wasn't when he was doing morning devotionals by himself or uh, running around the neighborhood praying to himself. What does Acts 2 tell us? He was together with the other disciples in one room. I love that, like, that one room, thing, the extra emphasis that they were united in a similar cause to seek the Lord. And that's when the power of God came. That's when the Holy Spirit showed up, when they were together, not before, not after, when they were in one room, united, seeking the Lord. And so Jesus shares this, about the power coming when we're united. And it's funny because the more power we get, the more we can be united in love. And he shares these final words before he gets arrested and he goes to the cross because this is the point of the cross, right? We were dead in our sin, in a ditch, unable to reach God. And because of Christ, we became united again with God. And since that has happened, we are now able to be united with one another in the same way. That was the point of the cross. And so if you've been tracking with the sermon, I'm actually almost done. I want to spend a lot of time worshiping today. Um, there's a funny triad that almost happens here. The first week I talked about how Jesus began his farewell by saying, we have to love one another like I loved you, right? Place our life under people, love each other in a way it feels like death, right? That was a point. I said, in order to do that, we need to be transformed, Right? By the Spirit of God, it might make us at odds with the world, but that's the call, to be transformed by the Spirit. And I'm saying, but the way that happens, right, is that we are united. We're one in love, right? That's a byproduct, that we love each other, which happens by being transformed, which comes when we're united, which builds our love for each other, and so it's kind of this funny triad we see where I don't even know which one comes first, you know. But it's this song and like dance that Christ is doing in this farewell where he's like, this is what the Christian life looks like. You try to love, you fail, you pray for transformation, and you do it together. And as you do it together, you get more power to love, but then you fail again and you pray for transformation, and you do it together. And that's our call. That's his final words to us. That's his farewell to us. And so I think, um, you know, loving each other, praying for transformation from the Spirit, those are really good things that we should strive to do throughout the week. But Sunday service, I think this place is a good time to do the last one. To be in one room. To seek the Lord to pray and to worship 
to not be shy, but to spur each other on in our vigor to see the presence of God. And so more than anything else, it's not even a sermon. This is a call to worship today. This is a call for us to seek God together. I'm going to call the band up. Um, and actually, y'all could stand as well. Let's do that. Let's again consecrate this service to the Lord in prayer. My hope for you is as you look around this room, you don't just see uh, potential friends or nice people. You see family, brothers and sisters, people you will share things with that you've never shared before. People you will uh, grow with in ways you never thought you could. People who will challenge you, right? They'll bring different ideas, different cultures with them. People who will frustrate family. And when a time comes, God might call you to lay down some of the things that you have held on to so deeply. Simply so that this would be a place of unity. And that's our call. Church would be one. Above all else, church would be